0: wild beings. I hope this episode finds you well. Welcome back to my podcast. I'm Emily, a certified personal trainer, optimal living coach, and a human being just trying to live as wild as possible in this current reality that we are all a part of. I'm so excited to share this episode with Lauren, who is a fabulous, intuitive person that I connected with she is an EFT emotional freedom technique certified, which is tapping. If you've never heard of tapping, this is a great episode to introduce you to that. And I hope it sparks some curiosity in you to try this different modality of energy healing. I have felt such a shift in my body by doing tapping and really feeling the energy I'm feeling going deep into those feelings and then releasing them. Lauren is an intuitive soul coach who helps women align their mind, body, and soul so that they can embrace their power, uncover their own unique magic, and live life confidently, intuitively, and with ease. Lauren in my conversation was so special to me. It really caused a shift in my brain thinking on a couple different Concepts. We get into what is tapping, how she got into energy healing, her past business experiences, what intuition is, her favorite ways of doing self care or energy healing work. We get into past life regression therapy, which is a concept that I've been really interested in and intrigued in learning about lately. So I loved our conversation about past life regression. And we just discuss other concepts related to energy and intuition and tapping into that power that we all have within us if you enjoyed this episode by all means share it with someone who you think would also be interested follow me on instagram at living wild with m where you can see the most latest things that i'm up to If you're interested in doing any optimal living coaching, elevating your energy field, or just tapping into this power that you have within you, reach out to me and let's see if we would be a good fit for each other. To really use your power, the earth's power, and my guidance to allow yourself to come into your most optimal, vibrating self. Sending you love. Enjoy the episode. Hello. Oh, hi, Em. How are you doing? I'm doing so good, love. How are you? I'm doing well. I, the beginning of this week, I was feeling very weird. I had some really bad vertigo. Mm. Yeah, I've that, never experienced that before. Huh? I've yeah, I know nothing about vertigo. Is it? It's a like dizziness, right? Yes, it's dizziness. Oh, wow. So I was, I woke up on Monday and I got out of my bed and my whole room was like spinning. Oh my! Like gosh. I couldn't, and I was like, "Whoa, what's going on?" And yeah, it was super scary. But luckily, mm. I. Used to work with a woman in California who specializes mm-hmm. in like vestibular eye stuff. Uh huh. So I reached out to her and I was like, this is going on. And she was like, oh, some of your crystals in your ear are probably like not in the right place. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, yeah. So now I'm feeling a lot better. And always, stuff always happens to me around the new moon, whether it be like my back hurts or like, I have super bad, like, headaches or mm-hmm. – and I think it's almost, like, purging mm-hmm. something. Um, mm-hmm. Who knows? Yeah, that. I was going to say,
1: do you have, like, a knowing of, like, why that is? Like, always around that time.
0: So that's such a good question, and I, I feel like it's because – I am super connected with the moon cycle, like my yeah. menstrual cycle is also. Oh, yeah. And when there's a new moon, you know, there's no moon. So it's mm-hmm. dark. And I think that's a time to kind of go in and look at what you want to release. And mm-hmm. then as the next day, so today, when there is a sliver of the moon, you're becoming whole again and you're creating what you want for the mm-hmm. full moon.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's so interesting. I was just talking to a friend the other day, actually, who... Um, like speaking of like cycles and things coming up, it's always like the end of the year for her where it's just like this, like chaos in life. Right. And so it's really interesting, um, to notice those in our lives. If, if we are tuned into that. Yeah.
0: Yes. What about you? Do you have any, do you feel connected to the moon at all or feel any differences?
1: I I feel connected to the moon and that I love it as this external symbol to guide me into, um, that sense of rhythm internally, right? Mm -hmm. So I love using the moon as this reminder for reflection and checking in. And I think it's also a beautiful way to attune to the intentions that we're setting, like you're talking about, right? Like, what is it that I'm ready to release and like call in with the new moon? And how can I like shift into alignment with that over the course of the coming days and weeks as like we move into the full moon? yeah. And I also just think that Mama Moon is like, she's like such a beautiful reminder of those cycles within us, whether they align with the actual moon phases or not. Right. Like, but just that a reminder to like go within and notice those cycles in ourselves on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, monthly basis, all of it. So
0: yeah. Yeah. I think it's definitely such a good reminder of the waxing and waning of like, so you know, amazing. some things are full and some are like going through the yeah. cyclical patterns of, how our ancestors lived their lives. I think totally. that was their calendar. That's how they, you know, understood sure. the world.
1: Oh my gosh. I have to, I have to show you something. I'm going to grab this calendar because knowing that you're down, like until the moon magic, hold on.
0: Of I, or is it something different? Yes. Yeah. The magic of I calendar. Did you see this? Yeah, it's so beautiful. Right?
1: It's like, I haven't hung it yet because I got to get something mm-hmm. to hang it with, but it's stunning. It's like- and it shows
0: the whole phases? For the entire
1: year. Yeah, it's wow. just, oh my gosh. So stunning. I love all of Magic of Eyes. Do you use their journal
0: like or their uh, I um calendar? use their,
1: their planner. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Are you an so affiliate
0: with them or do you salary? just like their product?
1: Uh, I am not an affiliate. I just love their products. I got their planner last year. Um, I'd gotten out of using a paper planner like I hadn't found anything that I loved. And then someone shared about their planner and I was like, Oh my God,
0: this is it. (laughs) It's so cool. Yeah. I want to order one.
1: (laughs) Oh, it's stunning. And it's so
0: magical
1: and it's, it's so beautiful. So
0: then do you do your birth chart? It looked like there's the birth chart at the first page. At the beginning. Yep. Yep. Um, so that's in there.
1: Um, there is like the amount of content inside of this journal as well. Like I wasn't super familiar with, astrology and all of that Mm -hmm. um and I still like my my depth of knowledge around astrology is like very limited but like there is so much goodness in this book right like if you are like deeply steeped in astrology um this planner would be great for you and also if you're a newbie beginner like I was like there's a lot to learn from it so that's so good
0: that's great when you were doing your was that the first time you had done your birth chart yes that was Did you Mm -hmm. learn anything about yourself through doing that? Um, Yeah. I feel like every time I do anything like
1: that, like there's something to be learned. And again, it's like this invitation into deeper Mm -hmm. curiosity and awareness, right? Yeah. Amazing.
0: That's so good. I think just finding Mm -hmm. all those little tools Mm -hmm. just to do all the different like body maps and all the things just to give you more insight and Mm -hmm. see what it brings up inside of you.
1: Yeah. Human design, Enneagram, like all of them are just beautiful invitations into like greater curiosity and like Mm self-awareness. Yeah.
0: Well, thank you so much for having time to chat with me today. I'm so excited. I loved your page and your, just Mm -hmm. your energy that you're putting out through all of your content is so fabulous. And I was really drawn to it, Mm -hmm. especially your tapping. I had heard about tapping, earlier this year. And I really was drawn to it just because I love how it makes me feel where I can feel Mm -hmm. energy going through. So I would love if you could explain what tapping is and then what certification you have with that. Yeah, totally.
1: So funny story. I went into this certification um, and it was in several modalities. So the certification included EFT, which is emotional freedom technique, also known as tapping. Um, it also included, um, clinical hypnosis, Mm -hmm. um, NLP, which stands for Neuro Linguistic Programming, it's really like the language of the subconscious mind, Um, time techniques, which are magical as well, Mm -hmm. and life and success coaching. So it was a really big certification with lots of different really magical modalities. EFT was the one going into certification that I was least interested in and most skeptical of (laughs) which is really important to share because now like this is the work that I do right and I've had clients before who are like this is weird like I or like join my soul flow classes and like I mean like I'm doing this and it feels awesome and then I feel this shift but like I also like at the beginning feel like this is weird here I am tapping on my body right if that's you or anyone listening like that's totally normal and totally okay to feel that way right um EFT, emotional freedom technique, is a combination of um, ancient Chinese acupressure and modern psychology. So it's grounded in the same science as um, acupuncture. So in acupuncture, you are the practitioners taking needles, right? And like placing them on certain meridian points throughout your body. What's different with EFT is that you don't actually need a practitioner. Like you can do it yourself, which is really cool. Um, And so what you do is you're actually taking your hands, your fingers, and you're tapping on those meridian points and your body. And you're tapping on nine specific meridian points through EFT. So it's a cycle. So once you learn those nine points, you're going through that cycle over and over again. And I like to share that EFT works on a mental, emotional, um, and an energetic level. So in traditional Chinese medicine, right? um, You have meridians that run down both sides of your body. So the cool thing with EFT is that you can tap on either side of your body, you can tap on both. Um, It's really whatever feels best for you. Tapping on one side of your body is equally as effective as if you were tapping on both. So the energy or chi, right? It's like running through our body. And what can happen on an energetic level is that sometimes there's an emotion we experience, the truth of our experience. Maybe we are in a public setting and are feeling sad. Something's happened and it's triggered this feeling of sadness in us and maybe It doesn't feel safe in that space to express or fully experience that sadness. And what happens is we tighten up, right? We push that sadness down, like not right now. And what can happen is that energy gets stuck in our body. So on an energetic level, as we're tapping on the meridian points, we are freeing up the flow of energy. Also um, in recent years and studies, it's been found that as you are tapping on these meridian points, it's also sending a signal to the part of your brain that's responsible for the fight or flight response. So a lot of times in modern day world, um, there's a lot of things that trigger that fight or flight response within us that are not actually life-threatening, right? Um, It could simply be the belief Um, maybe you're running and building a business and are wanting to make more money. And yet the idea of making more money or asking for money through your work can trigger that fight or flight response, even though it's not life-threatening, right? And that's actually not in highest service of you and your highest self. So as you are tapping around that belief, um, you're actually sending a signal to that part of your brain that you are safe. Um, so you can really reprogram that um, nervous system response to that belief or that situation, whatever's happening. And I also like to weave in, um, the spiritual and the mystical into tapping because it's all energy, right? Everything that we're experiencing is energy. And when we're connecting with intuition and soul, um, or divine guidance, um, that is energy and energetic transfer that we are receiving of communication of wisdom. And so we can actually use tapping to tune into that as well, to shift our energy Into alignment with it so mm, all the magic
0: all the magic there's so many things that so how do you describe what a meridian is for somebody that's never heard of that term before
1: Mm, this is a good question i've never been asked before i would describe it as um the metaphor that comes to mind is like a highway running through your body. So, and since the meridians are are parallel, running down both sides of your body, if you think about a highway, um, there's often two sides, right? Two different um, lanes. And what can happen is that you can get stuck in traffic, right? So if you envision um, the energy, if you think about an emotion or feeling that you're experiencing, they carry energy and you're experiencing that within your body. The goal, right? The ideal is to be fully open so that you can feel it and then release it and move through it, right? Um, That's not always the case with the example that I gave if we're in a situation where we don't feel comfortable expressing that sadness or whatever the experience is. Um, But yeah, so I would think of it like a highway and those bits of energy, whether it's an emotion or a belief or a thought um, showing up as a car and those can get stuck if it runs out of gas right? If we don't know how to move it, um, it can st- get stuck. If there's traffic, if there's a buildup of sadness, right. Or whatever it may be. Um, but yeah, I think that that would be maybe one of the most helpful ways to think of it. That's the first thing that comes to my mind.
0: That's a good way of explaining it.
1: Mm-hmm. So when
0: you are doing, when you're saying like energy's being stuck, I know, well, this is how I perceive it is that mm-hmm. in acupuncture, they're looking at the different like organs with chi, And that's where they're setting the meridian point. So with tapping, are you looking at specific organs or are you just looking at specific like meridian flows through your body?
1: Such a great question. So tapping was developed to make this easy AF, right? So that you actually don't have to know what um, organ each meridian point is attached to. One example of this though, and one technique that I like to teach because it's so simple is your collarbone point or meridian is actually connected with the kidney in traditional Chinese medicine. And the kidney is associated with the emotion of fear. So if you're ever in a situation where you're feeling that fear or anxiety come up, simply take your hand and start tapping on your collarbone point. Um, My favorite way to do that is like palm open
0: because
1: you're hitting both of them. And a phrase that I like to use there is... um, I am calm, I am safe, um, and I can. Com- I completely trust the unknown. I'm trying to think of the phrase. There's actually a video on my Instagram and I can't remember it right now, but you can say whatever feels um, comforting to you while tapping on that point. Um, EFT though, so this tapping started and the first person who started using this would actually have these in-depth interviews with clients and figuring out like what is the correct meridian point to tap on, mm. which is a more time-intensive um thing to do right there's a lot of questions that have to be asked and a lot of knowledge about what the meridian what organ the meridian's attached to and like what emotion that organ um, is related to in particular so with tapping as you're tapping through these nine points you're getting all of them you don't actually have to know or worry about knowing which meridian is attached to which organ and how that's associated with emotions
0: yes it's a simpler way of getting the biggest bang for your buck totally Fabulous. I really enjoyed it. And I loved your soul flow course. Um, Yeah. So fun. So, you do, are they all similar? So, will you explain your soul flow, what those Mm -hmm. are?
1: Yeah. So, I describe my soul flow class as like a yoga flow without the yoga, right? So, it's like a flow for your soul. And each week is a different theme. Um, I started doing these in October, so a few months ago. Mm. And each one looks and feels a little differently. So, I typically weave in tapping into most of them. Um, some of them I do longer hypnosis journeys and experiences. I don't remember, which one did you do? I did the
0: soul remembering one. So, right. So, so it that one was had... a decent amount of hypnosis. And I've never done any sort of like the beats, and I loved it. Oh, I really, yeah. really loved it. I did it like three times. Did you? Amazing, yeah. So the
1: binaural beats are just amazing. Anyone can use those anytime. Like you can go to YouTube and search binaural beat stress, binaural beat focus. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, the binaural beats are a whole different cup of magic and amazingness. But the way they work is they actually help you you shift into a different brain wave state. Um, So they're super great. Um, But yeah, so for the soul remembering one, that was a much longer guided hypnosis journey. So some of them are a little bit more like that. Some of them have a shorter hypnosis or guided meditation experience paired with some tapping. Um, I've done one that was intuitive journaling. So we would do some tapping and our meditation and then there would be space and music playing. um, And I would share questions for you to tune in and journal on like tuning into your intuition. They all look and feel a little different. with similarities to create that sense of like comfort and like safety of showing up and knowing what to expect while also not knowing what to expect. Um, but the goal is all of them to just um, guide you more deeply into connection with your intuition mm-hmm.
0: and your inner knowing. So fun. I mm-hmm. really enjoyed it. And there's such a good, yeah, I've never done that hypnosis. Mm-hmm. I really like that because I, I like doing meditation, but it's such a different feeling I for me it was a different feeling
1: how would you describe how it was different for you
0: um I think that I was it was easier for me to kind of surrender and just not have my thinking brain come back Mm -hmm. um because I think you do the first time I did it I think I was still like more aware of what was going on. But then the next time I did it, I really like don't remember parts of, and I think that's, is that like kind of the goal?
1: That often happens because your conscious mind is turning off, right? Some people even um, may fall asleep during a hypnosis Mm, session because hypnosis in the brainwave state, you're actually sliding down into that state that you're in right before sleep right? Mm-hmm. It's not like good, juicy place. Um, and even in deep meditation, that's where you're in. So this is why like meditation as a practice or even the hypnosis, the more that you do it, it's sort of like Driving from your house to your favorite coffee shop, right? Like if you like we just moved into a new house. And so even now, I've driven to the coffee shop enough times, but like the first time I had to think about it. Like mm-hmm. it was it was more difficult to get there, right? Um, whereas once we've been here for six months or a year, it's gonna be almost unconscious where you get to the coffee shop and you're like, wait, how? I don't even remember turning, yeah. right? <laughs> Meditation and hypnosis are like that. The more that you practice them, the more that you build up this tolerance and ability to stay in that, like deep juicy space and space and stay consciously aware and also like with your thinking brain resting
0: off to the side (laughs) how long have you practiced meditation or energy the work energy healing and how'd you get into all of these things Mm -hmm. oh man Emily that is a question (laughs) also wait do you go by Emily or just M you can call me Emily or M okay okay um
1: man, I started the first, I can remember the first time I ever tried meditation. I thought it was like the weirdest thing. And yet I also felt incredibly drawn to it. Right. Like I'm intrigued. And that was, that was like well over a decade, not well over a decade ago. Cause what is it? 2021. I had just graduated from college the first time I tried it. So it was almost 10 years ago. Um, and then it was like, okay, this is kind of weird and interesting. And I also like sitting still, um, honestly at the, in the early days for me was really uncomfortable and it felt unsafe in my body to slow down. Mm. For a lot of us, we've lived in this fast paced world and, um, moving at a fast pace can also be a trauma response, right? Like not allowing ourselves to slow down. It can feel incredibly terrifying to slow down and be in the presence of our emotions and what we're really feeling and experiencing. Mm -hmm. And so in the early days of me trying to practice meditating. That's where I was. It was uncomfortable. It was really difficult um, and almost felt unsafe for me to slow down and do that. And I remember I kept trying. I downloaded like um, the Calm app and, uh, or what one came before Calm? I don't remember. There's another popular meditation Mm -hmm. app, Um, but I remember downloading it and trying. And um, so I would always try to like, sit up with my back straight and I'd lean against (laughs) the wall and what finally started shifting things for me is I was like, I can't do this. As long as I was sitting up, my brain was going. So one day I finally just laid out on the ground like a starfish. And it was in that position that I was actually able to start meditating. Like there was something about being in that surrender position where I my mind could truly begin to slow down. Um, and at that time I had my anxiety was at like an all-time high. And I also was on the verge of, panic attacks. And so I I started using that to help me calm down, um, laying out like a starfish and just focusing on my breath. And so because I was in this beginner space, meditating for like 20 minutes, not going to happen. Even 10 minutes felt impossible. So I started every morning. I would wake up, my alarm would go off or I'd wake up naturally. And then I would set a timer on my phone for one minute. And then I would some days do three minutes. And then sometimes I would do five minutes. And that's, I did that for like a year. Mm. And it was so transformational for me because it helped so much with my anxiety. I was starting my day with me as my first priority. I was starting my day slowing down and I would just be laying down, right? In that position of surrender in my bed. Um, So that's how I first started meditating. It's one of the reasons I am like so passionate about mini meditations, which are a lot of what I share Mm -hmm. on my Instagram, like short 10 minute or less meditations, because I also believe there's this like sweet spot there. If we can practice dropping into that zone in three minutes versus it taking us 20 or 30 minutes to get there, Mm -hmm. we cultivate again, that like quicker highway to like tune in right to self and source and guidance. So that's how I started meditating. And then Um, I guess I, I, I kept going deeper a few years ago. I was listening to a podcast, the lively show and, um, somewhere along the way, the book journey of souls was mentioned. Mm. And I was kind of in this space where I, I had left religion and yeah, I wasn't sure. I wasn't sure where my beliefs felt like I knew there was something there and yet I couldn't put a name to it. I couldn't put a word to it. And so I felt kind of like lost and confused. And I felt this very deep tug to read this book not from a conscious place, but from like this intuitive, like I have to read this book. Mm. So I get the book and it is, I'm like five pages and I'm like, this is not at all what I expected. And yet it was clearly exactly what I needed because I read the book in 24 hours. Um, Mm. It was all about um, life between lives and past life regression therapy. And Mm. um, that really was this, like the beginning of my spiritual awakening and this wild year of so much confusion, feeling more lost than I'd ever felt and also more found than I'd ever felt before. Like mm-hmm. I'd been looking through this dirty windshield my whole life and suddenly like <laughs> it was like beginning to like clear up. I was cleaning it off. Um, I did a past life regression therapy session myself, um, which How was did amazing.
0: that go? I've, I've asked, I think everyone, if they've ever done that and I've never met anybody that has girl, I did (laughs)
1: changed my life. And also you're the first person I'm telling, um, changed my life. And ever since then, I've wanted to get certified and do that work. And I officially am this year. Um, you're, you're getting certified. Yeah. I'm doing a training so that I can start doing it because all, all of this work, right. Life-changing that was the thing though, that was just like this, words escaped me when I tried to describe it. Right. But it like changed my life. Um, that's what like opened me up to like, really like tuning in more deeply to my intuition and connecting with like spirit guides and like tuning into soul guidance. It was just uh, so magical. If you feel a tug to experience one of those sessions, trust it, trust mm-hmm. it. Like it is such a powerful and profound experience. Um,
0: how'd you find the practitioner for that?
1: I Googled it. I had okay. I had <laughs> I had not met anyone who had ever experienced this either. And so I was like, I was living in D- Denver, Colorado at the time. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, is this even a thing? I mean, you have Boulder, Colorado nearby. I should have known that there'd be people there. Yes. And I remember being like, like, does anyone even do this? So I Googled Denver past life regression therapist and yeah, found, found the first website I came to and that it. it was amazing. So
0: in that session, then are they just like how does it work or how mm-hmm. if you don't mind sharing, I'm just mm-hmm. curious.
1: Yeah. So it actually um, in a past life regression session, you're using hypnosis. Mm-hmm. So that was the other like beautiful aligned thing for me going into this training. I didn't know that was a part the training that I will be doing, you must already have
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, a certification in hypnosis to do. And this training I did last year with all of the modalities I was sharing about, I didn't, I didn't know that's why I was doing it. Everything aligns. It's funny when you, you right. It's like the stars align.
0: Yeah.
1: But so you actually use hypnosis to slow down so that you can set the thinking brain aside um, and open up. And the subconscious mind is really this magical portal to All experiences and memories and beliefs from this time, from this lifetime, and before. Mm -hmm. So, the NLP and time techniques that I was sharing with you earlier, that I've been certified in, um, there are some really beautiful um, hypnosis experiences that I use to guide clients back to um, memories from earlier in this lifetime that beliefs are rooted in that we often don't consciously remember, right? I've seen some wild beliefs come up that it's like, I, I did not consciously remember that thing happening when I was two years old. And yet it was so clear mm-hmm. when I went back into that experience. So, um, past life regression, it feels very similar to the hypnosis you experienced in the soul flow, or it will feel very similar. If anyone's done a super deep meditation, that's exactly what it's going to feel like. You are a thousand percent consciously aware of everything that you're experiencing some people, it's a very visual experience. It was for me. So it almost feels like you're watching a movie. Oh, interesting. Um, for some people, it may be more of an auditory experience. You may hear things. For other people, it may be a very um, sense sensing experience. You may sense things. Um, this is also true, of like intuition, right? And how we all receive that mm-hmm. guidance. So if you are already doing that sort of work and tuning in, you probably have a feel for whether you receive things um, like from an auditory perspective or visually. Um, but yeah, my experience was very visual and it's like a, it's like a three hour experience. So it's a very deep experience but you were consciously aware of it the entire time. All hypnosis is self-hypnosis. So no one can hypnose you, hypnotize you without you consciously like agreeing for it to happen. Sort of like meditation. I can't make you go into meditation, right? Mm-hmm. It's like very similar. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh it's sort of like the hypnosis you experience, but on a very a much longer, elongated scale. And the practitioner would be speaking with you, asking questions, and like guiding you through the experience. Fabulous. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's amazing.
0: I listened to one podcast. Why can't I remember his name? Something with an A. But he was on Luke Stories podcast. But he, mm-hmm. the way he did it, I think is he he did past life regressions with people, but I think he was like reading them more of like a psychic, like he was telling you mm-hmm. your, you know, it wasn't like yourself going into that hypnosis. He was telling you, you've been that, this has happened. Mm-hmm. You were this slave, you were this, you know, in this mm-hmm. life. Yeah. So kind of talking and just telling. So I wasn't aware that there was more. That's yeah. interesting.
1: I I know people who do this, right? I have a friend who also does like Akashic Records reading. Akashic records. These are all like amazing, right? It's like fucking awesome that there are people that do this work that we can go, hey, I want to sit down, why don't you tell me these things? Mm -hmm. And there's something also incredibly empowering about knowing that you can Mm -hmm. tune into this yourself, right? And I think that's one thing, especially in this like line of spiritual work that I want people to know. Like there is nothing wrong with going and seeing a psychic or um having someone read you your Akashic records and you can do this as well, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can go in and experience that yourself, um, which is really fucking powerful and incredibly empowering. And I believe that we all have the ability to do that. Um, Whether we can do that on our own, we already feel that connection or we need a practitioner to like guide us through that.
0: I agree with that. I like the, um, it's almost like keeping your power and understanding that you have everything in you that you need and that you can, Mm -hmm. tap into that just maybe you need some tools or guidance with mentors or like a shaman or something like that someone helping you totally but you do have the power totally I think
1: about it sort of like food right like and and even me like once I am trained and can guide others through this like I can still see myself going and sitting down with someone like you were describing right because that is like such a fun Mm -hmm. experience Um, but it's sort of like with cooking, I am able and capable and empowered to prepare my own meal. And sometimes I'm like, I don't want to, right? Like I want, I would like you to make something, yeah, like
0: it can be both and yes. You Mm -hmm. have great analogies.
1: (laughs) I love me some analogies.
0: Yeah. It's a good way to explain things for people that have never heard of these things. So how long did you live in Denver? I'm from Colorado. So I'm familiar with Denver and all those areas. Okay. I was out there for almost 10 years. Oh, wow. Did you go to college there then? Or did you move there after college? No,
1: moved out right after
0: college. Okay. What were you doing there? there?
1: So at the time, my, my then boyfriend now hubs, um, (laughs) got a job offer out there. I grew up in North Carolina, went to college in North Carolina. He grew up in Michigan, went to college here in Michigan. Mm. And so, yeah, we ended up out in Colorado and I was like, I will be here for maybe a year. Like I just did not expect to love it. Fell in love. Like Mm -hmm. Colorado is my spiritual home. It always will be Um, the stars aligned and it was, it was a really beautiful opportunity to move back here to Michigan. Um, And I think that we will always miss Colorado and a piece of me will always be there. It's an amazing place.
0: Mm
1: -hmm. Mm -hmm. Where did you live in Colorado?
0: I lived in the northeast corner, so two hours from Denver. I grew up on a big farm on the Aww. plains, so you probably never went. <laughs> you said northeast? Northeast. So if you left okay. Denver, you'd go through like Fort Morgan, Okay. all the small farm towns. Yep. That you wouldn't go there unless you were going to see like family.
1: <laughs> yep, totally. I wonder if we drove – I mean, I know we drove east when we would drive to North Carolina and then Michigan, but I don't know if we would have driven through where you
0: were to okay. go to Michigan. But So now you moved – you just recently moved back to, or to Michigan. Yep. Yeah. How's that going for you? It's good. It
1: was, again, my mind had a lot of resistance to it because my mind was incredibly attached to Colorado for all of the amazing reasons Mm -hmm. (laughs) that Colorado is amazing. And yeah, like on, like in my heart, I just knew this was the right move. Um, and it was the right time, So, yeah, I think with moving for me, we bought a new house and moved into a new house. It takes time for the energy to shift and for it to feel like yours and also to like develop that sense of comfort that you get in a space when you've just been there for a while. Mm -hmm. So we've been here two weeks Mm -hmm. um, and it's starting to feel more like home, which is nice. And it's also just that newness. I think that anytime we're in a new space, there's that, um, even if it's a space of like, yes, this is perfect. This is exactly where I want to be. It can still feel weird simply because it's new, right? Like putting on a new pair of shoes. It just needs time to break in. So that's where I'm at here right now. I'm so happy to be here. It feels so aligned. It feels so right.
0: And it's also a little weird, a little new. New. Yes. Just mm-hmm. tapping into the change and yeah. But congratulations on getting there and getting cool. all settled in. Yeah. Thanks, love. Of course. So I am curious because I know your past business, you have had your own podcast where you were interviewing female entrepreneurs, Mm -hmm. correct? Mm -hmm. So what were some of the biggest, I'm sure you learned so many things through those females for your Mm -hmm. own business. What were some of the biggest takeaways that you learned through these people that were entrepreneurs? Oh my gosh.
1: I love that you asked this because this morning when I was making breakfast, I thought like one came up for me in particular. Um, I can't remember her name right now, but she ran this candle business. And um, one of the things that she talked about was managing your energy instead of your time.
0: Mm. And
1: it blew my mind because it was the first time I'd ever heard someone use that phrase. Mm -hmm. Um, But she talked about how she had, she'd hit some really difficult places of burnout in her career building and growing her business. And she was managing her time. And once she shifted and started managing her energy instead, while her day looked very different, she, her productivity was so much higher, her creativity, right? Those feelings of like joy and alignment in her business were so much higher. And I think about that often because we live in a world where, time, time in, like output is so celebrated and placed on this large pedestal. And oftentimes we can put a lot of time into something, whether that's work or whether that, I mean, be it anything, cleaning a house, doing whatever, building something. Um, And yet if we instead switch and start managing our energy Our productivity levels, we can get so much more done in a smaller amount of time. Our creativity, our attunement and like openness to our intuition, the inner knowing is just so much greater because we're not burning ourselves out and working against ourselves. We're working with ourselves. So that was one of the biggest ones that has always stuck with me.
0: So powerful. I do think Mm -hmm. that I personally try to not work on things unless I'm feeling like, I should be doing this. I, you know, I want to work on my website. I want to put time into creating something. And if I don't feel like doing it, then I will take like a week or so off of doing that. I don't think it's worth Mm -hmm. spending time unless you're fully giving it all of your energy. Mm -hmm. I'm feeling like you have the energy towards that goal or project.
1: Totally. I totally agree. And I think we can also invite ourselves into curiosity in those moments. Maybe it's because that project truly isn't aligned. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Or maybe it's because there's a fear there that's Mm -hmm. coming up that is unconsciously creating this desire to not work on it. Right. Whereas like maybe it is a truly aligned project and we're just scared of what happens if it does go well, or we're scared of what happens if it doesn't go well. So, um, yeah, I think that there, there's a lot of like invitation into like deeper self awareness and curiosity when those things happen.
0: Yes. Yeah. How did you find out about tapping then in all of the other modalities that you currently, that's your profession? How did you mm-hmm. get into those things? So, Lexi
1: D'Angelo is who I did my certification with. Mm-hmm. And I had shifted away from doing the podcast and was doing coaching. And I like checked back into that email and I had a friend connect me with Lexi. Lexi was running a program at this time. I'd never heard of Lexi before. So I was like, "Mm, no, but I'm going to start following you on Instagram. So I started following her on Instagram, but I didn't always see a lot of her stuff because Instagram algorithm and, you know, that stuff. (laughs) Um, But one day I logged into Instagram, her stories happened to, pop up like in the first few ones Mm -hmm. and i watched them and she was talking about a program that she was doing it was not the certification but it was another program called quantum shift Mm -hmm. and it was one it was a very soul-guided moment right i never watched her content i just happened to see it this day and what she was sharing about in her stories was a hell yes in my body like this is what i need right now so i ended up signing up for that program and Um, It was after that program that Lexi launched the first round of her certification. And so I ended up doing the certification with her.
0: And then after that, you just, instead of just coaching, then you were offering all these other services? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I started weaving them
1: into my coaching that I'd already been doing. And I mean, once I completed that certification, there were a lot of modalities there, right? I found myself gravitating more towards tapping. Mm -hmm. I still use, um, a little bit of those modalities throughout my coaching and the work that I do, as you know, right with the hypnosis. Mm -hmm. Um, but I found myself gravitating towards tapping. I found myself experiencing just like the most amazing shifts and releases because of tapping. Mm -hmm. And I started having more people asking me about tapping or asking me to do a video for their membership or, um, asking more questions about it. My one-on-one clients were wanting to do more tapping. So I started noticing this alignment between me loving tapping and wanting to do more of it and people asking for more of it. And so tapping really became more of my thing and weaving that into the intuition work that I do.
0: With the, and what's it called? NLP time. NLP what? And time techniques. NLP and time techniques. So you were saying that that is going back in to like childhood traumas or what is that? What are you really doing with those different? I've never heard of that. Yeah.
1: So NLP is not just that, but that there are NLP stands for neuro-linguistic programming. So there's a lot of techniques like you can, there's some amazing books out there all about NLP and different um, techniques that you can use with yourself, with yourself to really shift beliefs, shift desires. It's so Mm. powerful. Um, like I said, the, the best way that I know how to describe it is, um, it, it works with the language of the subconscious mind. If you think of your brain like a computer, like our brains are truly like the greatest supercomputers on planet earth right now. And they're so underutilized because we've not been taught how to use them. NLP teaches you how to use your brain. So it's like, you're a computer programmer for your own brain. <laughs> um, but yeah, there are time techniques um, and hypnosis techniques that you can use to um, that practitioners can use to regress you back to earlier memories in this lifetime or before, there's this one beautiful technique. Let's say that I'm working with you and there's um, a belief you have that isn't aligned with your truth and that you feel like is getting in the way of you fully embodying your truth, right? Like feeling free. So um, maybe that belief is I'm not good enough. We'll go with a simple one, right? That a lot of people at some point in their life or now can relate to feeling. Um, so we would take that belief would guide you through calming down, tuning in, slowing down. And we would ask your subconscious mind, where did this belief first originate from Mm. and go through a process of going back to the first experience where that you made that decision that you were not good enough, right? Whether someone else told you that, or there was an experience that led you to believe that. And that experience could be from earlier in this lifetime. It could be from the womb. It could be from before this lifetime. It could be, um, generations ago that you have carried forth with you, and um, do the work to release ties to that belief.
0: For me, what I've been thinking about a lot is that from a young age, I've been told like, you're strong, you're independent, you're powerful, all of these things. So then now I'm trying to really be authentic with my Mm -hmm. words and who I am, without trying to just fulfill that, you know, the words that you've been told your whole life. Mm. So I think it'd yes. be interesting. Yeah. Well, I also just, I love that so much,
1: <laughs> right? Because some things that we've been told that are quote unquote positive mm-hmm. still may not sit as like the most expansive truth for us. It may not feel like our greatest truth. So I love yeah. that so much. And just acknowledging that.
0: Yes. Because I think that It can be both ways. And it's just so interesting looking at children and the things that parents or teachers say where they are trying to just, you know, say the best thing to make that child feel good. But then it is almost like you're making that child feel like they have to be that. Or who are they if they're not the words that you're telling them they are? Oh, wow. (laughs)
1: Yes. Like what what would unfold if instead we asked kids, like, who are you? Right. Yeah. What is true for you. Children are such beautiful, like nuggets of just wisdom. Like truly, I love listening to kids. If you really listen to them, mm-hmm. right. That like un, uh, unclouded truth that they speak. It's just so wise.
0: Yes, they haven't been fed Mm -hmm. too many of the labels and things that we, Mm -hmm. you know, attach to just who we, how we identify ourselves as. Totally, totally.
1: Yeah, they're super tuned into their truth.
0: Until I don't know what happens. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So so from the age of zero to seven, we're pretty much just walking, talking subconscious minds. So Mm -hmm. when you think about that, um, a lot of... Um, limiting beliefs that we may have today are often rooted in those younger years of our lives, because this is when our subconscious mind is developing. So kids are sponges, like they're just soaking it all up, right?
0: The good, the bad, the empowering, the disempowering. Yeah. Wow. So you said the journey of soul's book was one of the most Mm -hmm. influential, Books that you've ever read, and then before you said mm-hmm. that you said that you like left religion. So, does that mm-hmm. for you is that just like did you have a good, a pretty strict religious practice, and then you just you know disaligned with that, or how was that mm-hmm. for you? Yeah, growing
1: up, I wouldn't say I had a strict religious practice. We were I was raised Christian and we would go to church. It wasn't like every single weekend, it was often, mm-hmm. uh, but I didn't grow up in, in a family where it was like, oh, you must go to church every Sunday. Or um, I had friends growing up in the South um, who were raised in much more strict Christian churches and spaces and families, right? And even from a young age, I remember always being very adamant, like, you do not have to go to church to believe in God. And my parents were, I was like, yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I got a little older, there were just certain things about um, bel- certain Christian foundational beliefs that I began to not align with. Like I, I was like, I don't, I don't believe in hell. Like I don't believe in the devil. I There are certain things that I don't believe with and I still aligned with Christianity. I still called myself a Christian. And then um, once I graduated and moved out to Colorado I was, we were going to a church and I just started to question more things and started to tune more into me, right? Really finding my own and um, finding my own beliefs, not just the beliefs that I'd been taught or grew up with. And as I did that, the beliefs from the Christian church I'd been raised in did not align. And sadly, I saw a lot of people in my life who called themselves Christian, not acting in ways that I believed to be aligned mm-hmm. with um, the foundational loving principles of Christianity. And so it just was no longer aligned. And I kind of stepped away from church. But this is where I was in that lost phase, right? Where I was like, I don't, I remember being like, am I atheist? Like, do I not believe in God? Like, mm-hmm. no, I, I didn't, I didn't know. I didn't know any other... A way of being. I didn't know anyone in my life who had referred to themselves or who would refer to themselves as spiritual. So this whole space that I'm in now was like dark zone. Like it just, it was, you don't know what you don't know.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And so um, I just kind of allowed myself to be there and float there in the space of like, okay, like we're not going to church. And like, I don't know that I resonate with the term Christian anymore. And I also don't know what I do believe. Mm-hmm. And I slowly started finding my way there, started getting curious about other things as I on my journey, like found other people who were speaking in different ways or talking about life or souls or spirituality in new ways. And that book, was a really big one because as I read it, I was like, oh my gosh, it all makes sense. Like all of these beliefs that I didn't have a name for or that I may not have been able to like form in my mind yet kind of came to the surface. Again, it was like this like awakening of like, oh wow, that that's my truth, right? Like I see you, I remember you. Um, it was It was so beautiful and also really difficult, which I think is so important To share because um, I felt very alone in that. Because again, I didn't have a lot of people in my life at that time who were aligned with those beliefs. Like I kind of Mm -hmm. felt like the odd one out, like the weird one. Um, And yeah, so now, you know, in hindsight, I'm so grateful for those moments because it really gave me space to find my truth rather than feeling. Conflicted or drawn to someone else's truth, um, but yeah. That's 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 sort of the short version <laughs> of how
0: I left religion and found yeah. myself here. Well, yeah. I think you kind of have to be lost, like you were saying. You know, be a little confused and questioning, and then mm-hmm. break down everything, and then find some way to reinvent that. Totally. Totally. Did you, so you were saying that you didn't really have a lot of people going, you know, going through the same things as you in that times. Now have you did a lot of your like external support systems and connections? Did they shift a lot then through that time in your life? Mm, I started shifting where I would look to
1: for support and guidance because a lot of who those people were originally, um, maintained where they were in religion. And, and like, I say, this with so much love because I recognize that this is not true of everyone who, um, would call themselves religious or Christian. Right. Mm-hmm. And yet those people in my life were very like offended by me mm-hmm. leaving religion or by these new beliefs. Mm-hmm. Um, it was almost like there, wa- there wasn't space for us to both have our differing beliefs. Right. Yes. Um, me having different beliefs was like, and a front to theirs. So I did start shifting where I was looking for um, support and guidance. And I had a therapist at the time, or found a therapist soon after. Yes, it was almost it was like within a month after my past life regression session, I knew I'd been in this space for a few months. I'd read the book. I was like, what is
0: happening?
1: <laughs> I need someone. So I found a new therapist. Um, and oh, she was just. Like for my for the rest of my life will hold such a sweet space in my heart because she was an amazing therapist Aww. and also um, became a really dear spiritual mentor of mine and is still to this day I'm no longer working with her as a therapist but she is a very wonderful spiritual mentor and mm. um, so I feel very grateful that I found her I knew when I was seeking a therapist that I needed someone who could act in that um, spiritual mentor space as well just because I was so lost there and. Um, didn't necessarily have anyone in my life, right. That I could like look to like you, right. Like guide me through this. (laughs) So um, she was a godsend during that time. And yeah, since then, since I found my way to my truth, like embody that, like I have so many friends and like amazing humans in my life now who do act as that support and our beliefs are far more aligned and I have a beautiful community there, which I'm really grateful for.
0: Yes, I think it's so important. And just like you were saying with, I think that can be in anything in life, not only religion, but if someone just has different views on you than anything and they can't allow you to, if you can't hold space for each other to have your personal beliefs, um, then I just don't think that that connection is the most, for me at least, fulfilling. Totally. And I'm not the biggest fan of of rigid belief structures Mm -hmm. with any concept in the world. I think Mm -hmm. just having an open mind and questioning everything and being open is super important for me.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Ditto. I I totally agree. And there's something so beautiful when we can be in that space with each other, right? Um, Especially in those moments where we go, oh, I love you. And I can see that we both have different viewpoints um, or see things in different ways, right? We all have our own unique lens of the world.
0: Yes. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we do. It's everyone's reality is you know, real to them, and totally. if we can just understand that, never expect anyone else to have the same hologram reality as you, and
1: then we'll mm-hmm. all be great. <laughs> yeah, totally. One of the like best questions I learned in um, therapy actually was like, "And getting to know someone else's world, like explain your world to me." And I've even learned this on like a um, a small word level, right? Like you can have you can say the word love or commitment. Mm -hmm. And it mean one thing to you than it does to me. And we can find ourselves in this argument about the word, but it's like, actually, wait, 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 wait. Like, what, what does that even mean to you? What is your world? Like, what is your world around that word love? Right. Because we could be talking about the very same thing without realizing it.
0: I love that. I think that definitions, words, first of all, when we attach words to anything, just confuse everything Mm. and there's no words that can really fully express, you know, the emotions and things that are going on in our internal Mm. world. I love what you just said, though, because I always think of children in just the ways that they're misinterpreting different actions or words that parents are saying or anyone saying. So I think such a good, and even adult rate relationships, just saying, what do you think I mean when I say, mm. I'm not feeling the best today? then mm-hmm. the kid may say, you're mad at me. And the mom says, no, it doesn't mean I'm mad at you. It just means I'm not feeling good inside of my body today. Mm-hmm. You know, I think just those communications, yeah. you know, it's hard to communicate even on, you know, people communicate with each other, but do we ever truly understand the words? It's Mm. really difficult to, because we all do have different definitions. Totally. Have you worked with kids before? I've not worked with kids. No, I just, uh, I'm surrounded by two kids right now. My best friends have two Mm. children and I, I work with, I'm a trainer, so I work with adults, but I think adults Mm. are children too. We're just like larger, Everyone's- taller, huge, taller. <laughs> exactly. I'm based, like my friend and I always say, we're basically a mom to all of our mm. clients because we're like, are you drink? How much water are you drinking? How much sleep? Like, you know, we're really mm-hmm. trying to help their whole life. So I think a lot of times I am working with children, even though they're in big bodies. Yeah, we're just kids in big adult
1: suits. Like that's it, right? Yeah. <laughs> I even find this is a really helpful thing for me when I am incredibly frustrated with someone Mm -hmm. or frustrated with maybe how they responded or I'm like, wait, wait, wait. If I remember that you were once a kid and that tiny little child is still inside of you, Mm -hmm. right? Oh my gosh, like the amount of empathy that I'm now able to have for you, the amount of compassion and understanding that gives me. Because sometimes we see people and we're like, you're an adult, you should have this figured out. And yet we're all still kids inside. And in different areas of our life as well, I feel like those younger children need, those younger parts of us need Mm -hmm. more love and compassion than in, you know, other
0: areas of our life. Yes, I agree. I think that's such a powerful way of interacting with other humans, just understanding Mm -hmm. we all have those parts of us that do need more compassion and empathy. And we're all trying to heal and grow and evolve on our own individual paths and journeys of this life. Totally. (laughs) Totally. So one time you posted something about, have a conversation you had with your husband about dreaming and like <laughs> asking him, like, oh, I don't know what you said, like something about how do you really even know that we're alive? Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. That's a great conversation.
1: Yes. Yes. Josh, Josh loves these questions. Yeah. I love this conversation. We were sitting on the couch and I was like, how do you even know you're alive right now? And he was like, because I am Lauren. And I was like, no, but like, how do you know? Like, how do you know? No, for sure. Without a of doubt that you're alive. Mm-hmm. And he was like, because I am, you could tell he was like, I'm watching TV. <laughs> I'm not here for this conversation. And so I was like, well, have you ever had a dream before that felt like so real that you were certain it was real? Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, I have. And I was like, there you go. Like, this could be a dream. Like, you can't know, right? And I'm telling you, and like, if I go too far down that rabbit hole, like, sometimes I'm like, (laughs) right? It's like, what is real? I don't know. Um, But sometimes I do. I wonder, what is real, right? Like, what is this life? For all we know, it could be one big, beautiful dream that feels like decades long. It's really... A hot minute long, right? Because we can be in a dream that feels like it's so long. And it was only 10 minutes during a cat now.
0: Yeah, dreams are such an interesting concept. I'm always, because yeah. I have such vivid dreams that feel, you know, so real and like you're in all these different places. And I'm always trying to figure out, like, oh, I've been to this place, like in a lot of dreams, but this uh. part's always different. And it's so interesting. Sometimes I like sleeping a lot just because I like dreaming. And I like, mm-hmm. you know, I love going to wherever I go in my dreams and
1: mm-hmm.
0: just experiencing the different realities or whatever you're going to. Yeah. Have you ever had a lucid dream? Yeah. I feel like most mm-hmm. of my dreams I can like kind of control like what's happening. Oh my
1: God. That's so amazing. I've never, I've
0: never had a lucid
1: dream before.
0: I think that I, the most, I have two cats. So in the morning, they'll always like jump on me at like 7 a.m. And -hmm. I normally don't have to get up till like eight. So I think when I'm like still laying in bed, kind of dozing off in the morning, like that's Mm -hmm. when most of the dreams that I'm like kind of aware what's going Mm -hmm. on. The best is when I am having a dream and then I wake up and then I like want to go back into the dream. So then I go back to sleep and like resume Mm. like where you are. in the dream.
1: Mm-hmm. Sleep is so delicious. I'm like, my soul needs to adventure like nine hours of sleep a night is my happy place. Mm-hmm. If I let myself wake up naturally, I don't, I don't understand when people are like, I don't like sleeping. I would never sleep. Cause I'm like, I love it. So-
0: yeah. I was, I've always needed to sleep a lot. Mm-hmm. Um and I don't know I'm interested in what you view of that is if it has something to do with you know like your energy and just if you're like processing a lot of energy or mm-hmm. if some people just need more rest than other people
1: oh as far as like how much sleep people need yeah sure I've never thought about that before I do think trust your knowing right mm-hmm. if you like slept for 4 hours and you're like I'm a rock star I feel so good beautiful right like don't allow someone else's dictation of like this is how many hours night you should sleep hmm. dictate that if you need 10 hours of sleep right like beautiful trust that but like get get curious like is this in highest service of me right mm-hmm. do I truly feel my best um right now or does my body need more sleep um I think it's just another invitation into curiosity but I've never thought about that before like why more people why some people need more sleep than others
0: yeah. I think it also depends on like the time of the month and like what's going on in your current life. It's interesting. I chatted with one of my, because whenever I go on like weekend trips with my friends, I don't mm-hmm. need that much sleep. Like I can sleep like six hours and I'm like fully energized. Cause I think I'm getting a lot of, you know, rejuvenation and I'm not, my energy is mm-hmm. not getting as drained mm-hmm. in those ways versus if you have like a lot of, I don't know. Longer, stressful days. You need more rest because your energy is kind of getting. I don't know. I'm yeah, about that.
1: Yeah, that's fascinating. I feel like I'm gonna think about that now.
0: <laughs> Good. <laughs> that's how it should be. <laughs> when you, so you were saying that you can because I have been thinking about like, you know, I do believe that we have like soul families on this current earth and then also maybe like guides or just these different terms that people say like spirit guides or something Mm -hmm. that are not on earth right now Mm -hmm. have you so do you communicate with your spirit guides
1: yeah yeah I do
0: how do you communicate with them um
1: so for me it it first started when I was interested in past life regression because I started trying to practice Um, self-hypnosis with myself Mm and so it's in that hypnotic state or a deep meditation that I can how did
0: you so when you're doing your self-hypnosis do you just like go and find a guided one or do you do it yourself
1: you can so I started doing it more myself um, where I would just count back so you experience this in the soul Mm -hmm. flow right where we're counting back like 10, to, like down to one, like getting slower, going deeper. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can do that over and over and over again, um, counting down from 10 to one. Again, this is what worked for me. Um, so I would lay out starfish in bed cause that was like my meditation good space. And I would start breathing slowly. And um, with each breath counting back from 10 to one, I would envision myself going deeper and deeper. So one of my favorite visuals is um, what are those escalators at malls, right? You just Mm -hmm. stand on them and they take you down. I envision one of those and me going lower and lower um, as I count down from 10 to one. And as I do, I envision and feel my body relaxing more and more and more. So this is when I'm doing it from a self-hypnosis perspective um, without um, doing something guided, right? if that works for you or whatever helps you to get in the most deeply relaxed state that you can get in, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um, whether that's a guided meditation, you can do whatever works for you, but it's in that deeply relaxed state. Once we get there and you hold it again, that lower brainwave state, right. Um, that your that portal is open and you can tune in and like set that intention, ask to receive guidance, ask for your spirit guides to communicate with you. Um, and if meditation and doing this is new to you, it it may come easily. It may be something that you have to work up to because that energetic communication, it's a very different energy than like the dense energy that we're used to here as a human on planet earth. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like slowing down and really helping yourself tune in and open up and be open to however you receive that. Like I said, you may see visuals. You may hear things. You may just like get this powerful sense of a knowing of words coming through or whatever it may be, Um, but start playing around in that way and also setting that intention, like asking for that connection, right? Like um, I want to connect with soul guides. I want to connect with my higher self. I want to connect with my spirit guides um, and asking them to connect with you. Also recognizing that in order for them to connect with you, you got to slow down, right? Like you got to slow down and create that space where you can slow down and tune in and listen.
0: Powerful. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So when, how did you find, or how did you, when did you feel the knowing of what your purpose was in this life? Mm. Or do you even feel like you know that? I don't. I think my
1: purpose is to be alive, right? Like, like I am, I'm fulfilling my purpose by being here and being alive. Mm-hmm. And from, from my knowing and like the guidance that I have received for me, the truth is that like our purpose I think as humans, it's our mind that attaches to this, like there is only one thing and one purpose and like that is it, right? Mm-hmm. Um, there may be a deep calling that we incarnated in this lifetime for, um, to fulfill or to experience or to share with others. But I think this concept of one purpose, it really boxes us into, to to, rather than being open, right? Like, can I simply be open? Like, what do do I feel called to Mm -hmm. do today? I think that the, the word called or calling feels more, um, resonant with me right now, simply because that sort of changes, right? Like, Over the last few months, my calling has been to like share more tapping, share more tapping. And I continue, I I plan to continue sharing more tapping. And here I'm also doing this, this new training for past life regression, right? So it's less about the how and more about that. I just know that I'm here to serve people um, in whatever way that looks like. I can serve people by um, seeing someone at the grocery store and sending them love and saying, I hope you have a beautiful day. I can serve someone um, in the parking lot by going, hey, I'm happy to take your car back for you. I can serve someone by them paying for a one-on-one session with me. I can serve someone by doing a past life regression session. I can serve someone um, by simply sitting down and holding space for them, right, Um, and helping remind them of their truth, like with a friend. Like there's so many ways that I can serve people. Um, So yeah, I don't know, like I don't have a I oh love yes. that. I know this is my one purpose. I just know like, okay,
0: what do I feel called to do? And how do mm-hmm. I feel called to serve? And I feel called to serve people. Yes. I think that's so true with the, you know, you may, yeah. Like the box that you would put yourself in, like, this is my one purpose this is what I'm doing versus the, I like your verbiage a lot of what are you called to do? And then there's so many different ways that that can show up in your, in every moment of your life yeah. that you're helping others and creating more light and helping raise that vibration.
1: Totally. And intuition, soul is always guiding us like through the path of least resistance. So if you envision like a river flowing through um, your state or country, right? Like it kind of winds, water flows through the path of least resistance. And so if you envision your life sort of like that path of the river, we could come to a curve and maybe that curve is doing... Um, as an EFT practitioner, right? And like this, this is it. This is my purpose. And yet maybe that is just a part of leading you to another part where where you're flowing Mm. to next, right? Not just, maybe that is, maybe you will carry that forth with you as you flow throughout the rest of your lifetime. And that will be a part of how you serve and live your life and a part of your purpose. Um, But maybe it's also just a point on the path of least resistance. Maybe that was the easiest way to get you to where you are going.
0: Yeah, that is such a good analogy because mm-hmm. just like your, when you got your first hypnosis and now seeing that for your past life regression, you needed that. I think it's so funny to look – I think it's funny to look at my life and see these things that happened like 10 years ago. And you're like, the universe is so funny, like throwing that in there where now I see, you know, the purpose of that experience or that mm-hmm. friendship or connection that was lost. You mm-hmm. see now – there's a higher purpose and that all experiences are leading you, I believe to like, you're saying the path of least resistance. Totally. And two, a year and a half ago,
1: I don't remember whenever I first decided to do that certification, I was not at a place in my life where I was ready and open to doing past life regression. I wasn't like, Mm. I still had a lot of resistance to fully owning my spiritual side on a business and public level. Right. So that was truly the path of least resistance. Like, I was ready to embrace those more like energetic, woo, amazing uh, modalities. So, I can see now, like, oh, it makes sense that I would have gone there first before mm-hmm. coming around to here. And who knows what's
0: yeah, the best. what was the main resistance in your experience to not, you know, fully being that self? Mm. I think. <laughs>
1: me laugh because I still acknowledge it today it still bothers me sometimes but it's a little bit less but it was just like it's simply the belief like you were weird right mm-hmm. um and like there's a part of me that's like fuck yeah like I want to be weird like I don't like what's the opposite of weird boring you know um I want like I, I want to live my life so fully that people are like man I don't ever know what to expect from Laura like she's doing a podcast now she's over here doing this energy work now she's guiding people into past lives like um, but it was that like, oh, I w- I was so scared. And I guess underneath that fear of being weird was this fear of being all alone, right. Of people being mm-hmm. like, I cannot be your friend because I don't agree with you. Or, um, I do not want to, to know you or, or whatever, but it was, it was pro- probably underneath that fear of being weird is the fear of like ostra being ostracized. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that kept me for a long time of like holding back and not fully owning the woo and weird that was going on behind the scenes.
0: Yes. Mm -hmm. I can relate to that too, because I think that it's, it is difficult. It's not difficult. It's just going through different, you know, experiences and phases. I think I've been through so many different phases and interests in my life. And I've never been not genuine in what I'm interested in. Mm -hmm. But I think that once you find, you know, currently this is what I'm into is also like energy and nature and healing and Mm -hmm. feeling like that's your true what I am called to do at this current moment in my life but then Mm -hmm. still having that fear of like oh well this is so different and Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. but I think that once you like are able to release that fear for me I found that I am I was probably lonelier Mm -hmm. before I found this Mm-hmm. calling. And then the people that I've been able to connect with have made me feel way less lonelier and, you know, more connected. And when you can find people that are at that similar frequency or just into those same things, it's really fun. Yeah, totally. It's like, ah, oh,
1: there's this like reflection of you and the world around you now, right. And those people in your life.
0: Oh yes. I always think about that when I'm hanging out with some of my like closest soul family friends I just Mm -hmm. look at them and I'm like I see you know me in you in so many ways and it's so touching and like special to have those experiences and even people on social media like I see things you do and I see things from people that I've never met and I'm like oh there's part of me in that and I think that's Mm -hmm. so amazing yeah it makes me emotional um oh yeah me too it's like very it's it's so interesting because it really does help you see like, you know, we are all one. And when you're capable of finding like yourself in those people that you align with, and then it's another thing to find parts of you and people that you don't align with. Yeah. Because those are in you also. Yeah.
1: It's like the shadow work. Right. And I think a lot of times we like, see, like, even if we don't want to admit it, it's like, we see those those things that trigger us in someone else. And it's reflecting something within us. Um, And there's something so beautiful about the things that we love most about ourselves or those beliefs that feel most true in a home and being able to see those reflected, right? Because it's like being able to fully, I don't know, it's just this beautiful connection to yourself and seeing that reflection, like looking in the mirror and loving what you see, you know, Mm -hmm. and like feeling that love reflected back to you is so special.
0: Yes. What are some of the ways, so your personal spiritual practice or like self-care, what are some of the modalities that you do in your personal life?
1: Tapping every day.
0: (laughs) Do you do it just throughout the
1: day or? Uh, It depends on the day. So a lot, most of my days I start with tapping, like it'll be five minutes, but I do this. um, It actually shifted recently. I would tap on whatever was coming up for me in the morning, but my mornings now I do this, like, release, what it is that I'm ready to release and what it is that I'm ready to call in. Mm. So I start most days like that just because I really like aligning my energy with what I'm releasing, what I'm calling in. And it, like, brings that to conscious awareness rather than just diving into work. Um, and then the other times that I will use tapping throughout the day are... Anytime, like if I start feeling anxious, right. Or maybe I'm having yesterday, this came up. Like I was having this uncomfortable conversation and it left me feeling some kind of way afterwards. Mm. Right. So I'm like driving back from the grocery store, tapping around that because tapping the beautiful thing about tapping is we're not bypassing what you're really experiencing. You're actually tapping deeper into it mm. because it's once we tap, it's not like only positive vibes, right? It's like, if you're feeling sad or angry, the truth of that is the truth of your experience right now. And if we can allow ourselves to fully feel that truth, then we can release it without suppressing it and pushing it down. So I use it in times like that, like yesterday when I was driving, maybe, maybe I'm going to do something. Maybe I feel like a little scared or like something else that's come up earlier this week is like, I was going to sell, like I was going to share about this, this session that I was doing. And so I was like, noticing these like beliefs bubbling up, like no one's going to buy that. And like, no one's going to pay. So I'm going to tap around those. Mm -hmm. So I do it in the morning from a, like Proactive place of like, I'm simply setting the intention for my day, and then a lot of other times, tapping typically comes up for me when I am reacting to something like, There's that feeling coming up, or I felt sad, but I didn't fully allow myself to experience it. I use tapping to like help me release sadness, it's a big one for me. Um, but so yeah, throughout my days, it's often in reaction to something that is like not that does not feel in alignment or that I need to help myself process. so tapping is a big one. I do meditation. Um, I'll do like deep meditations or self-hypnosis if I'm wanting to like tap in and connect with guidance or go dancing through (laughs) the dimensions, which I used to call throwing my energy. That's like how I described it to my (laughs) spiritual mentor. And I remember the time she just like, she smiled and I was like, I don't know, is that the right thing to call it? And she's like, you can call it whatever you want. But then I later heard people talking about astral projecting and I'm like,
0: oh, is that what it's called? (laughs) What does that mean to you? Like what is happening? Yeah.
1: Um, I believe it's when we truly can like allow our soul or part of our souls to like leave our bodies and and truly like travel to other dimensions and connect with spirit guides in that way. Hmm. Um, Yeah. That's how it is. When you're
0: doing your self-hypnosis, are you always listening to those beats then? Or do you do it without No, I
1: I honestly never do it when listening to those beats. Mm. The only time I listen to binaural beats are if I have, I will put them in, like if I record a hypnosis for myself or if I record a meditation for myself, I'll put binaural beats in them. Um, But if I'm just laying in my bed, I always do that just in silence. Mm. Yeah, that's interesting to notice. Um, Yeah, those are probably my biggest ways. The, you know, using meditation and hypnosis to just like tune into myself, connect with guides have a little soul travel and then, uh, (laughs) and then um, tapping. Yeah.
0: Good. I like that you do the tapping in the morning and then as your proactive measure. And then throughout the day, it can be a good Mm -hmm. modality to use when you're just having those things come up, especially now. How do you then, so is that your main practice of like protecting your energy with all this, like things going on in this, Mm. Reality. How do you protect your energy from not, you know, just being pulled down and
1: mm-hmm, all these mm-hmm.
0: things? Um,
1: so two things come to mind. The first one that comes to mind, and a psychic actually taught me this. Um, is the subconscious mind is incredibly symbolic, right? So one technique that she would use, and she shared with me, is she would envision um, this bubble going out around her body. And like this is the bubble of protection of her energy, like my energy. This is where I begin and I end, right? And like, and anything outside of that bubble doesn't come in. And she shared that she often does this, especially when going into airports because you're around so many people. So I will sometimes use that to signal to my subconscious mind: this is where I, this is where I end them again. Right? This is me, and Mm -hmm. their stuff can stay out here, and I can send love out, but nothing can come in, right? Um, Like none of that negative energy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: The other thing that I do is when it comes to protecting my energy, it is truly feeling the truth of my experience. And this is why tapping is so powerful because let's say I see something on the news, right? Or someone says something to me and it triggers like this, like feeling of anger or unsettledness, mm-hmm. right? if at that time I go up, protect my energy, just put walls up, what's happening with that energy there? Probably what's happening. If I'm not allowing myself to feel it is that I'm like, uh, stuffing it down. Right. Mm -hmm. And this is why we use tapping because at some point that is going to come up, whether it is in some emotional reaction later or a physical experience later. Um, So I have been using tapping to like really honor. Wait, what am I feeling right now? Okay. I'm feeling scared is it aligned for me to continue reading or watching this news article? If yes, continue. If no, put it away. And then Mm. honoring the truth of my experience. How can I allow myself to not just like stay stuck in anger or avoid anger, but how can I allow myself to feel it so that I can release it? Because once it's released, like my energy is flowing, right? Like that is what I view as protecting my energy. It's not just blocking things um but truly allowing myself to to get curious about what I'm experiencing and experiencing it so that I do feel open right so that I don't feel closed or shut off easier said than done sometimes and it takes a lot of conscious work and awareness for sure Mm -hmm.
0: I like that a lot though of not you know just blocking it and stuffing it down I have never heard that verbiage before of you know, feeling, how did you say it? Feeling the truth of? Mm,
1: the truth of your experience. Yeah, the truth mm-hmm. of your
0: experience. Where, well, yeah, if you're feeling that, sense it and then release it.
1: Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. powerful. Yeah. yeah, and I like to share your intuition is always guiding you through the truth of your experience. It's never guiding you around it, right? Because we're always, it's always guiding you into a higher vibration. Like we don't get there by like er, circling around it, right? Like we have to go, through it and going through it um is the easiest and fastest way to release it.
0: How do you describe what intuition is?
1: Mm, um, I describe intuition as soul guidance. Um it's divine guidance. It is your your soul, your higher self communicating to you, spirit guides. So another metaphor, you know I'm always here for the <laughs> metaphors. That I like to use to describe how I believe intuition works is um, sound waves. So, if you think about um, an alarm clock in your bedroom, when that alarm clock goes off in the morning, there are waves, vibrations that that sound mm-hmm. travels on to your ears that you then hear, right? Mm-hmm. If you think about intuition working the same way, um, if we were to think about soul being like over here, or divine guidance, or spirit guides, you know, being over here when they are communicating to us, there are waves or vibrations of energy traveling to us. Mm-hmm. And our intuition I view as that highway of receiving that guidance. It is our way of receiving um, that guidance and tuning into those, those truths.
0: That's a good example. Cause it is all energy. And mm-hmm. I do like the, you know, just vibrating at the certain way that's calling you mm-hmm. to go into whatever you're meant to do (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what are some of your other favorite books that you have read I know you have a bunch on your website (laughs) yes
1: I forgot I do I have them on there Mm -hmm. um another favorite that changed my life is you can heal your life by Louise Hay Mm. that book I have like highlighted and underlined (laughs) every which way um journey of souls and destiny of souls those are two of dr michael newton's books which Mm. um if you're interested in past life regression i actually wouldn't recommend starting with those books those books are about life between lives um Mm. so what happens to soul in between in that in between space in between incarnating
0: and what have you learned with that
1: Um, so when you do a past life regression session, you actually, you go back, you experience a full life, and then you go into the spirit world into like what happens post-death and in the in-between phase. It's amazing. His books, um, the way the life between lives or sorry, journey of souls and destiny of souls. It's a lot of, um, accounts of very specific. He's, he's written down like, what's the word? like him speaking to clients in past Mm -hmm. life sessions when he regresses them back to life between lives, right? Um, It's just so fascinating. Like, it's amazing. I, yeah, I learned a lot from those in terms of like, it opened my eyes to like what's possible. Those were the first two books that I read. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I could go on for days, but read the books.
0: With that though, I have one more question for you about like the lives and stuff. What is your perception then of how many lives do you need to live or- never ending like do you think that there's you know once you've lived all these lives and became you know your highest self Mm -hmm. then are you now what
1: Mm -hmm. I don't think that there's a set number of lives you need to live I think that it probably differs soul to soul I also think that um while each life is an opportunity to learn and grow right um and I think that we embark on each life with that intention. I also think that we embark um, on each life for the joy of simply being human, right? Like one thing that came up for me in, the, in between lives was like, I was remembering the taste of an orange, right? And it's like, that—that that is a very human experience. Like, oh my, like biting into a juicy orange or like eating a delicious piece of, dark chocolate oh my god like, there are some delicious human experiences right that i believe as souls we 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 crave and you can only um, you can only experience like here in this human form and so i think there's also this um level of joy that 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 as souls we get excited to re-experience in the lifetime um i don't know like i don't have the answers for that right but i do think it probably differs soul to soul um, and I don't know, maybe we'll meet up between this life. I'll see you on the other side. We can, we
0: can chat about it. <laughs> like, I have no maybe. Idea. Yeah, I don't know either. I just think it's an interesting thing to think about. <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, it's cool. I'm like, I have no idea what lifetime this is, but it's a great one. I'm enjoying yeah, it. So oh, far. It's,
0: it's the best one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, when you're in now, <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> That's awesome. Sorry, I interrupted you. So, you saying don't read those two books.
1: Oh, I was just going to say my suggestion. If you're new to past life regression and are interested in learning more, um, where is, I would recommend, I, I don't see his books right now, but I would re- recommend reading Dr. Brian Weiss's books first W E I S S. Um, his books are a lot more palatable. Um, there are so many of them, but they're, a much beautiful introduction into past life regression mm. and then I would recommend Dr. Michael Newton's again his books are different and that they focus on life between lives
0: thank you for the suggestions yeah totally I'm <laughs> so happy to share <laughs> what services do you currently offer now Mm-hmm. So I
1: do my weekly soul flow classes, which are just super easy access or $15. You can join any ones that you feel called to. Um, and I, so I do those most every week each month. And then I also do one-on-one 90 minute sessions, just one-off 90 minute sessions. Um, those can be specifically tapping. I have people reach out who are only interested in tapping. Like they've experienced tapping on their own and, they're wanting to work with a practitioner. Um, and then I also do um, longer coaching packages that weave in all of these modalities we've been talking about. And really the the intention, the foundational intention of the work that I do is guiding you more deeply and clearly into your inner knowing, right? Like, what is my truth? Um, what are my desires for my life? Um, What do I believe to be true about me in this lifetime? And what, if anything, is getting in the way of that? Because we are all carrying around stories and beliefs um, from years of being a human, right? That are not aligned with those truths and that knowing. And it's in that, like disalignment i don't even know if that's a word um that we that we feel that friction right mm-hmm. that we don't feel like we can be our truest selves we don't feel free to fully be who we are we don't feel free to fully be me um so at the heart of using all of these modalities as amazing as they are it's all about guiding you deeper into um your intuition and soon like this summer i will be adding past life regression to my list of Available ways to work with me.
0: <laughs> I'm excited for that. Maybe I'll be one of your people that do past life regression because I've been saying that I've been interested in that for a while, but I've been mm-hmm. waiting mm-hmm. for the universe to provide me with somebody that <laughs> does there it. There you go. There you go. Yep. That's be <laughs> fabulous. So, is your course online for that?
1: Um, yes. Yeah. With you know the way the world is in COVID right now, it is an online training. Um, Most of them in the past have not been, I don't, I don't know that they've, at least the ones that I have researched, there's a few that are certified by Dr. Michael Newton, that the Michael Newton Institute. Okay. Um, So- once I complete past life regression um, training, I can then go on to complete life between lives training so that I can mm. then take someone through a life between lives session as well. And so the person who I'll not every training is actually like certified with that organization. This one that I'll be doing is, mm. and of those, it seems like a lot of people have only ever done them in person. COVID has changed everything though, right? So, mm. um, yeah, it'll be online, which is cool because then I will get to do. I'll be able to do sessions both online or in person with people. So I could work with someone even if they're not local here in Michigan.
0: Yeah, I think that's a good outlook of it is that now it's changing a little bit of how we can work more online with more people and a lot more people are open to it than maybe before. Totally. It's increased the reach of how you can get.
1: And then you're
0: on Instagram and you have a website. What is your Instagram handle?
1: Yeah, so it's just my name, Lauren Frontiera. Um, front, like front and then I-E-R-A. And then that's my website as well, Laurenfrontiera.com.
0: Beautiful. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for talking with me today. I loved our conversation and I think you're such a bright light. And I've loved following you, and I will continue to participate in some of your soul flows and just learn more about tapping through you. Mm, thank you,
1: love. This has been so lovely getting to chat with you and everyone who is here, whenever you're listening, I can feel your energy. It's so good. So this has been so delightful. Thank you.
0: Fabulous. I would love if we could do a little bit of tapping exercise.
1: Let's do it. Okay. So I'll explain to all of you who are just listening right now, what points we'll be tapping on. Um, but M asked me to put together some tapping to release beliefs or stories that we tell ourselves that are not aligned with our highest self. So I want to invite you now, before we start tapping to grab something, your phone, something that you can write down a few of those beliefs and you can pause if you want to. Um, but just ask yourself the question, like what beliefs or stories are coming up for me today that are not aligned with my truth, right? Whatever those may be. Um, and once you've written those down, I want you to just like close your eyes and take a deep breath and imagine like if you were to know Where are those beliefs stored within your body right now? And just take a second to tune into that and just notice how that feels. Notice if there's any weight or tightness there. Notice where in your body they are, maybe in one place, maybe all over. Just simply give yourself the moment to tune into your body. And as we're tapping, I want you to stay hyper aware of those beliefs and stories you just wrote down and how that feels in your body, honoring that, um, that may feel different for each of us, right? Um, someone may feel some like tightness in your chest. Someone else may feel, um, a weight in your lower back or tension in your head. So just honoring how that feels for you and staying super tuned into that as we are tapping. So we're going to start with the karate chop point, which is on the side of your hand. So if you're listening, if you like hold up your palm, um, it's the section right below your pinky, there on the side of your hand. So we're going to start tapping on there, and we're going to say a few phrases while we're tapping on there. I will then let you know once we move to the next um, tapping point, and maybe since you're listening, I will just say tap on this point before I say the phrase. So the next point is gonna be inner eyebrow. So it's just the space like right in between where your eyebrow would be. Again, the meridians run down both sides of your body. So you can tap with two hands. You can tap with just one. The next point is outer eye. So just like right beside of your eye there and like where your temple is. The next point is under eye. So if you feel right there below your eye, you'll feel like a little bone. That's the next point. The next point is under nose. So it's that space right between your upper lip and your nose. So you can tap like this if you're watching the video or like this. Um, The next point is the chin point. So this is actually like not right on your chin but the little crease in between your lower lip and your chin. So you can tap again like this or like this. There's no right or wrong way to tap on these points as long as you're tapping on them. The next point is the collarbone point. So if you feel you have these like two little you know, things that stick up from your collarbone bones, um, it'd be like an inch below those on both sides. So you can tap with both hands on both sides or my favorite way is just palm open and just tap in right there. The next point is your underarm point. So this would be about three inches below your armpit or where a bra line would be if you wear a bra. And then the final point is top of the head. So I, again, my favorite way to do this is just palm open and tapping on the top of your head. All right, so again, we're going to start here on the side of your hand, karate chop point. So just start tapping there, tuning into those beliefs and stories, bring those to mind that you just wrote down and bringing to your awareness how that feels in your body right now and continue tapping on these points and repeat after me and I'll create some space for you to repeat. I choose to release the beliefs and stories that are not aligned with my highest self because I deeply and completely love and accept myself. I choose to release all that is no longer in service of my highest good because I deeply and completely love and accept myself. And even when those beliefs and stories arise, I take a deep breath (sighs) and remember my truth because I deeply and completely love and accept myself. Beautiful, moving to the eyebrow point. I notice the stories and beliefs I tell myself that are not aligned with my highest self. Outer eye, they are not aligned with my truth. Under eye, and yet they are there. Under nose, all of these stories and beliefs. Chin point. I honor them. Collarbone point. Simply because they are here. Underarm. It's okay for them to be here. Top of the head and it is okay for me to notice them. Eyebrow, because as I notice them, outer eye, as I allow them to be seen, under eye and felt, under nose and to herd. 10 point, I can then release them. Collar bone point with a deep breath in and take a breath in. Ah, beautiful, under arm, I open my heart top of the head, and flood these stories and beliefs with unconditional love. Beautiful inner eye, I flood them with infinite love. Outer eye, the kind of love that heals and restores. Under eye, the kind of love that sets me free. Beautiful under your nose. I trust that my intuition knows the way. Beautiful chin point. And I gently and lovingly release them from my body Collarbone, feeling a calm, relaxing energy wash over me. Beautiful underarm, feeling so aligned with my soul's knowing. Top of the head, knowing that my deepest truths will always lead the way. And then settle your palms in your lap, close your eyes and take a deep breath in and let it go. And just allow yourself to settle here for a moment and notice how those feelings and sensations have shifted in your body. Notice how you're feeling right now. This is a practice that you can repeat as many times as you desire. One thing we didn't do together, but that you can do is you can rate how intense those beliefs or stories are feeling for you before you begin tapping on a scale of zero to 10. Zero being, they don't feel true for me at all. 10 being, they feel all consuming. Um, And then you can check in again once you've moved through the tapping on that rating with the intention of um, moving down to as close to a zero as possible. And if rating doesn't feel aligned, simply tap and notice how your body feels, setting the intention to fully release those stories and beliefs.
0: Beautiful. Thanks, Lauren. Mm, You're so welcome. Thank (laughs) you, M. You're welcome. Have a fabulous day and happy new year. Beautiful. Happy New Year to you too, as well. (laughs) Bye bye. Right. See you, love.